2: Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes, and like episode one, four and a half years ago, I am joined by Kevin Graham. Kevin, welcome to the show.
3: Evening. You're
2: going to freak fuck out with that mask on, mate. Listen, um, Kevin set up the weekender with me this morning, um, the nine o'clock, the nine a.m. show, and you're returning, Kev, for the nine p.m. show. This is the 24th hour that we have streamed. Um, and created content over the Charity Weekender. This is an annual occurrence, Scott. What's this? Well, you'll be asking yourself, what is this? Um, there is a relevance to this, so before further ado, we will we will explain why um, Kevin is sitting there wearing a Zico mask.
3: Basically, the first episode of Scream of Selica that we've done, Johnny Proctor came in, and the character from Johnny Proctor's books is Zico. And since we played Dundee United today and, and gave them a bit of a going over, I thought we'd wear the mask. So just a, just a wee thank you to Johnny for coming in and just to say we're thinking of thinking of him, him this evening.
2: We're thinking um, of all our Dundee United fans. Yes. Who do we know that supports Dundee United? All right, so we know Nick Mercer, who was the front man of Sargent. Oh, He's is a it? Dundee United fan. Uh, did they know He was in the studio last year. Um, and hopefully we'll get them back in for an unplugged session. This is a very relaxed hour between Kevin and I. We are going to speak about a number of subjects in relation to Celtic. This is closing the charity weekend element of our fundraising appeal. We are almost at 20 grand raised, and you know what? It would be tremendous if we could push it up to the 20 grand before we close the door tonight. There will be further... Um, opportunities to raise a wee bit more money with our auction. We've got about 30 items that are going to be auctioned off over the next week and at this moment in time we have £19,638 which means that we need to raise less than £400 to get us up to uh, double the target because the target was £10,000. Now, why was the target £10,000, Kevin Graham? We are raising funds for St Mary's in the Calton, which is the birthplace of Celtic Football Club. Um, we can't forget that. We talk about knowing our history. Uh, we know our history. I think that I've said this a few times over the weekend when I started doing my research for my first ever item of content, which just so happened to be a Celtic book, I quickly realised that there were people out there with a a vastly superior knowledge of Celtic Football Club and its history than than myself. I always prided myself on reading the history books, um, on getting involved as much as I possibly could uh, and trying to learn more and more about our club. And here we are um, now raising cash for the birthplace of our club, Celtic Football Club. And uh, St Mary's need our cash. We had a figure of 10 grand, um, which was our target. We have now raised just about double that. By the end of this show, it would be phenomenal if we could get up to 20K. That would be absolutely tremendous. Please get involved in the comments section. We are streaming live on Facebook and on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And um, get involved because we'll be happy to discuss any matters whatsoever. Uh, Jamie Young, yes, it is, Kevin. (laughs) <laughs> that was his big reveal. Kevin, shows that natty wee tracksuit that you're wearing? The
3: need to sit up. Ah, he shows that.
2: Yeah, he shows go.
3: the shamrock. There's a the shamrock Yeah, it
2: is, right. Okay. It's a belter. Um, we had that shamrock designed, so as ours, it's not uh, a total rip-off of the likes of Panathinaikos or the 1950s and 60s Celtic away jersey, which at the time was called the political shirt. Um, that's our shamrock, which is uh, now adorning these uh, two tracksuit tops, one white, one green, and also the replica that we've created. And this is all about creating a wee line of merchandise uh, to keep the content free, to keep Axon, uh producing daily content, Kevin. That's exactly what we're doing. Uh, this is the, the last stream. So let's have a wee look at some of your highlights then, Kev. Uh, what have you enjoyed over the last couple of days?
3: I kind of had a wee laugh today uh Tommy and Frank. Um, I love
2: Tommy and Frank.
3: I know. I've got a message from my dad. Hey, after the after the game and that I was plotting about doing stuff getting prepared to come down here so I didn't watch it all and my dad texted me and he went like that he says, he says they two are hilarious and I knew right away what he was on about and so I switched it on and when you're pointing to the merch behind so obviously Tommy's sitting there and knacks on oops and Frank's sitting where I'm sitting at this precise moment in time and and Tommy goes what better merch do you like Frank and they went I like the one with the shamrock. <laughs> and Tommy went like that as quick as a flash. There's three of for shamrock, Frank. You need to choose one, eh? Um, I, I love that. That's, they, they guys didn't take themselves too seriously. No, uh, I, they don't. And it, which is
2: bizarre when you consider what Frank achieved in football right. as a Celtic player uh, with Liverpool, with St Mirren, and of course Scotland. I mean, there's a fantastic image of Frank McGarvey um, at Hamden. And Diego Maradona, a young Maradona, um, is in front of him. It's a fantastic image. Correct me in the, the comment section if Tony Hagerty was here to tell me the year. Was it seventy eight? Is it no eight? No, it was later than that. It was later than seventy eight. I'm saying
3: nineteen eighty.
2: Right, Something in the comments will be able to, to tell us, right, I try my best to run these podcasts on memory alone without Googling everything and checking Wikipedia. But yeah, there's a brilliant image of McGarvey with Diego and I'm not sure who had the best perm. But uh, McGarvey, for me, is someone who d- downplays his achievements in many ways with uh, Celtic and in football in general. But what happened today was Tommy Sheridan has been a party of mine for a while. And I I really do like his politics. Um, I love his passion for Celtic. And um, we obviously play in the old Crocs games. Kev, you've been a few of them. I was asking him today if he was going to still be playing in 2022. And he embarrassed me because he he just looked at me and said, of course I am. And um, he is, let me just get this right, he's 14 years older than me. And I was thinking about retiring. But I'm thinking, how can I retire if Tommy's still playing? Um, And I do remember in the first game that I played, he scored a 20-yard a ago, uh, but of course Tommy played with Duke Club Pumpherson, didn't he? He did, um, yes. And and he was here today. And what happened was the shows were going on, and this this wee bit that we're in at the moment, this grey studio, is the the live streaming studio at the front. There we've got like a, a kind of series of sets that we can uh, utilise for fully produced uh, content, Kev. And we are working on expanding on that as well. So when uh, the the guests were in here, Tommy and Frank were out there watching the game. So we had Laura and Tony and Brian doing the watch-along for the Dundee United game. Tommy was out there watching the game with Frank. And I remember just, there's been a few moments, and I know you've had a few moments like this where you're thinking, this is actually surreal, but it seems normal because it's happened gradually. So five years ago, if somebody had said to me that Frank McGarvey and Tommy Sheridan would have visited me in my studio to watch a game of football, and then jumped on a show. I would never have believed it or thought it possible, but here we are, four and a half years after we set up the podcast, and it seems very normal. And it was brilliant for the pair of them to give us their time. Um, but I wish we had filmed the chat out there. Uh, it was. It definitely was Axom's version of Gogglebox. Uh, you missed it. Uh, it was priceless. And my missus popped in and she said to me, "Who's who's that that guy there?" And I was like, oh, that's that's Frank." played with Liverpool and Celtic. And she couldn't believe that someone who had played with two of the biggest clubs in Britain was so down to earth, um, having a wee bit of crack with my, my wee boy and all this kind of stuff. So a, a pair of gentlemen. Uh, I love the pair of bits. Uh, and the show was fantastic. So if you haven't already checked out their YouTube channel, go and have a look at it um, and catch up. I'm going to play a couple of more of the videos that I started playing this morning as yes. well because we didn't really get an opportunity to go through them all. Uh, so we will play a few more of those what did we get up to was it Wynn Evans the compare guy yes the game? compare. right okay so we'll play a few more as we, we go through this this final hour and as I say um, every single penny that's been raised is appreciated and uh, no matter how large or small we've just had another wee donation coming in thank you so much for that £5 pounds, taking us up to a total at the moment of 19648 Um so we really are moving towards 352, is that right? It's been a long 24 hours. 352 pounds to go to get it up to 20k. And then what we're doing during the week, Kev, is we are going to be auctioning off some fantastic Celtic related items, loads of signed goods, framed goods um, as well. And we, well, I, I didn't cover the game today, so I had the opportunity to enjoy it. As I was saying before, Kev, let's start off by having a wee chat about the game for 10 minutes or so. Everybody's
3: digested it best performance of the season it's up there with the Hibs performance um, I thought I, I really I really did think that we played well against Betis I really did um, but domestically it was controlling again uh, really we're actually beginning to throttle teams at times now especially in the first half we really just do not let teams come out we suffocate teams it's almost as if we put a blanket over them and um, I mean, a lot of people were suggesting that today was going to be a tough game just with injuries. And it didn't turn out that way. And I'm not being disrespectful to Dundee United, but three and a utterly flattered them. Yep. And once we start clicking, because I don't think they've clicked yet. I don't think we, there's still a lot of nearly stuff that we do. That if it, that starts coming off, somebody's going to get a right hiding for us. Um, so a couple of teams have been on the end of six nothing. Um I don't see these six nothing's Paul. I think I think they were a false impression of how Ange wanted us to play. Right. I think I think what we're seeing now is more how Ange wants us to play. Mm-hmm. I think the team have got more used to his philosophy, his style, and it's utterly great to watch. look at look at Tom Roggett today. That is one of the best performances I've seen from that fella. In his whole Celtic career, his first goal of the day—that was Paddy Macortesk. It was. Uh, and it, it was when when he got past the first man and he's getting to the edge of the box, and he and he does that little jink. You knew he's scoring. He's he, he he knows he's has gone.
2: Slaloming through, uh-huh. meandering through the, you know, he's he's got that magnetic toe. Is that his best goal in a Celtic jersey?
3: Oh no, you've got to say 2016 Scottish Cup final as his best goal in a Celtic jersey. I think so? That'll be that's in the top two. <laughs> it's
2: like Brian Clough. I wasn't in the best manager, but it was in the top that,
3: one. That 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 that's definitely in the top two. Uh, it's, it just sort of settled the nerves, even though we had missed a few chances, a couple of chances up until then he produces at moments a genius, but the the boy in the middle of the park for Dundee United is at Fuchs. Mm. Uh, He'll be having nightmares about Tom Roberts tonight. Yeah. And he's six foot one. Yep. And they couldn't get round him. He's never
2: been in better shape though, Kev.
3: No, definitely not. Definitely not. And he's a guy that gets you off your seat. And today, I noticed there were some people actually saying the day that the fullbacks weren't really involved today. But I think that's because Big Big Tam was utterly unplayable
2: sexy time.
3: Uh, uh, everything he done was utterly brilliant today. Uh, the goal, David Turnbull's goal as well, that was his hardest chance in, mm. uh, in, the, in the first half. Mm. But the flick across the head, then to have the presence of mind to burrow round and put the ball into the back of the net was great. And you're looking at Liam Scales coming on, uh, a, wee cameo, for him. Yeah. Uh, a wee cameo role, playing the inverted fullback role. Because your fullback shouldn't be... You're 2-0 and up the fuck with nine minutes to go. What's your fullback doing in Kev, the centre of midfield, There
2: He had a, a left-back that scored in two European I, Cup I finals. Know, this I know is that, just but I'm maybe,
3: just having, I'm maybe just having a wee fishing expedition there <laughs> with people who, who are not for the inverted fullbacks. But it was a good finish by the, the big fella. Even though Andy Walker was absolutely screaming it was an OG because it came off Ryan Edwards as well, but... Never an OG. But...
2: By the way, right, I'm going to hold my hands up here before somebody already brings it up in the comment section. Did I write off Liam Scales? I don't think I wrote him off. I think what it says was he was a project. He wasn't Celtic ready. He wasn't he first team ready? That, that's what I said.
3: But um, we've got a lot of guys in the comments who come from a yeah, public Island. They know a lot more about. Irish they they know, know than a lot more about Liam Scales than me, and, and I'll maybe get shot down for this, but I've watched quite a bit of Bohemians this season. And I could see it was going to take... Who's Liam... their sponsor? Who's their shirt sponsor? Well, they did have refugees welcome the last time. Is that no DC's Fontaine's? It used to, they'd they done, they done a one-off jersey. Right. They'd done a one-off jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I kind of expected there would be a wee bit of climatisation yeah. for Liam Scales to actually get up to the speed of Scottish football because it's a step up. And he's coming to a, the biggest, a, a, a far bigger club than, uh, than Shamrock Rovers. There's a comp- there is yeah. competition there.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, he's got to get used to the speed of training, the difference training, training with better players. So this, and I think the the, the staff are maybe dropping him in at the right time. He's going to play against betters. Yeah. Uh, but for me, he has to get ninety minutes against Betis, uh, But I'm, I'm pleased for him today. He's a young lad. He's made a dream, dream move. He scored a he scored a good goal today. I was also pleased that Greg Taylor got how many minutes that he actually got. He was solid. He was solid enough as well. Callum McGregor once again utterly fantastic. Oh,
2: touchable.
3: Um, utterly brilliant. I thought Kyogo. Uh, the team's trying to find Kyogo more uh, quicker than the last two. And last week against Aberdeen, they couldn't find Kyogo at all. Against Harps and Dundee United, he's been he's been really really good. We still miss a few chances. Mm-hmm. We still really miss a few chances. You can't complain going to a tough away game, winning three nothing. A lot of guys done their shift. I see still people questioning the long term future of Mikey Johnson, Abada, and and stuff like that. Look, let's just enjoy winning three nothing. They, very, they they contributed to that three nothing today. Let's just enjoy that.
2: You very rarely, have. I I was raving about the front three earlier on in the season of Jota, Kyogo and Abada. But you very rarely are going to be in a scenario where all three are firing on all cylinders. So Jota's had a rich vein of form. Kyogo's had that. Abada's had it earlier on. But um, he's, he's obviously fallen away a wee bit. I'm not going to write him off. And I've heard a lot said about Mikey Johnson all week. And again... I have said this is make or break. I don't think that's been cruel on him. I don't think that's been overcritical. I think this season for Mikey Johnson is make or break. He really needs to step up. He needs to contribute. Um, on Thursday, when Starfelt comes back into the team, and I'm talking to Laura Bradburn before the game, and there was this whole discussion around Starfelt, and I basically just said, you know, It's just time for him to play. It's time for him to prove that he's worth £4.5 million. He's a Swedish internationalist. Yeah, he had to acclimatise. And I spoke about that, the fact that he's come in, he never really had the pre-season, he never even had a training session thrown into the team. It is going to take time for him to adapt. So when we're talking about scales, um, players from a, a far higher level have failed to adapt to Scottish football or playing for a club like Celtic. You just got to look at last season with players like Diego Luxalt coming in from AC Milan, Shane Duffy coming in from um, Brighton, and Albion Ayeti uh, coming in, John Joe Kenny. These players didn't adapt to playing for Celtic and or playing within Scottish football. So for Liam Scales to come in, I don't think it's doing him a disservice to say that he's probably a project, he's probably a fringe player. But at this moment in time, a few months down the line, he's given his chance, he scores a memorable goal. And he was absolutely delighted about it. Something just came to my mind when we were watching the game there with Frank McGarvey earlier on and um, Tom Roderick scores that goal. And Frank said, that's a world-class goal. It doesn't it matter if it's scored at Tanadice, that's a world-class goal. Um, and it's true though. I mean, we thought, who was the English club that was in for, for Tom Roderick? Was it Fulham? Was it Fulham or there Hull? Was, there was talk of, maybe uh, a couple, uh, maybe uh, a couple uh, of teams coming in for him. Um, and this is where he was on his way and, and we'd kind of like checked out on Tom Roderick. If he was to be shown that kind of um, form on a, on a platform like, like English football, you know, it would be shown all over the world. I mean, that goal today was astonishing, but loads of his other play was as well. Kevin, that's a, a person a, a, and a player for me that hadn't contributed for a
3: good 18 months prior to Postecoglou coming in. It seemed that... Uh, you're talking about we had maybe checked out on Tom Rogic. He had seemed to have checked out on us as well uh, at times uh, during especially mm-hmm. over the last 18 months and Poster Coggle revived him. He, he must have been the only man. His phone must have been red hot when Poster Coggle got the job with, the team, with his teammates going, mm-hmm. what's this guy like? And the big man seems to be you look at Callum McGregor, but Roggett seems to be the big man's leader on the par- park as well. Mm-hmm. He leads by example. He does. He does post call wants him to do. And today he was unplayable. The Dundee United players we're, were bouncing off him. He's, he's twenty eight, and I, f- I think we seem to actually forget he's been he's been here eight years. Eight seven, years. Eight yeah. years. He, yep. He's been here. He basically played five-a-side football up until he was twenty, and and he won that night competition to get a to get a professional contract. Um, so he's still he's still like a baby in in his football career because he hasn't played really a a-side football since they like in Scotland you play 11 a-side football for eight-year-old. So he hasn't got twenty years experience playing 11 aside a-side football, but you can actually see he's a futsal player because of his close control. You can actually see that he's had to, that he's played the majority of his development years with a smaller ball and smaller-sided games. Somebody at six foot one shouldn't be able to move like that. So Somebody at six foot one shouldn't be able to be as graceful as what Tom Rogic was today. And he has been 2016 eh, Scottish Cup final in that as well. Eh? And I, I loved that goal today. I loved his performance today. I loved when he actually scored. He didn't really celebrate. He just sort of went. Well, that's what I do. That—that's like there wasn't any. I would be Paddy McCourt had that as well. He didn't really celebrate when he scored when he when he had Worldies as well. It was just have to go. Aye, this is what I do.
2: So, thank you, Kev. um, A couple of questions. Firstly, is this the best of Tom Roderick? Is this the best we've seen? Is he hitting a peak here?
3: I think there was a period under Rogers in the Invincible season when he was fantastic as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Um, what I'm going to say is this time he's got more responsibility Yeah, because he's a more, he's more exper- of a senior player he's isn't more of a senior player so there's a wee bit added pressure on him than maybe what was under Rodgers so I think he's excelling because of that added pressure at this precise moment in time is it the best? debatable debatable but possibly, but possibly. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I was talking about his journey with Celtic. It, it's, it's
3: unexpected. It, it is really, it's really unexpected. But probably not to Ange. No, no. Probably Again, not to him. this goes back to the start of the season, Paul, where we were all going. Tom Rodgers will not fit Ange Postacoglu's style of football. Well, he bloody does.
2: <laughs> I did see that, didn't me? We? Well, yeah, we did. Um, it's out there. So we're now two hundred and forty-two pounds short. Of 20,000 quid. Wow. £242 is a lot of money, right? I'm not taking that for granted. But um, I've always said that when we started realizing, Kev, that we had a platform that a lot of people were enjoying, we thought we need to put it, we need to use it for for the betterment, we need to use it for, for a wider good. Uh, so it was always a case of big amount of people watching it, giving a small amount equals a hefty amount for charity and that's what we've done last year, 27k. Wouldn't it be incredible, Kev, if we were to raise over and above the charity weekender, including the auction that we're going to run for a week after, uh, today, if we were to, you know, raise something like 23k, that, that would take us up to 50,000 over the two events.
3: That would be phenomenal, eh? That's beyond our wildest imagination when... That'd buy you Didier a diddy or a get. It would. It would. It would. Yes, it, it's beyond our wildest imagination. Mean, you have to thank everybody, no. all the contributors, yep. uh, everybody who gave, who's gave the up time, their time. Jumped in the motors, jumped came through the uh, studio. Uh, yeah. uh, it's, it's an expensive time of year as well, and everybody has donated. Has been utterly fantastic. The guys, I know some guys that have been on the stream for twenty four hours. That have been commenting all the time, and it's just humbling. It is really, a, I know Tony Haggerty says he's humbled all the time as well, but it is really and There isn't really any other word that this is the best of the Celtic support. This is really the best of the Celtic support. Oh, yeah. And if we go, just go back to the, the game today, Postacoglu after the game actually says, he says, You talk to people round about this club, and he says, This club was nothing last season without the support. Mm-hmm. And Days like this, the Celtic support will always be the heart and soul of the, and we will always promote why we were founded and the reason that we were founded, and that's always going to be in the forefront of our minds when we're doing anything whatsoever.
2: Now, before I go on, I'm going to make a, a wee point of uh, mentioning the ETIMS who were on today because I, I thought a fantastic point was raised um, where there were giving kudos out to everybody who had donated cash to the, the fundraiser, Kev, everybody who had given their time and collaborated. And by the way, within the studio, loads of people behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday, you know, Lawrence and Kevin Tate um, from the Penalty Spot were in the studio helping out, but they weren't on screen. Uh, Kelvin, who is our videographer uh, and a resident genius, uh, was in today helping out. Behind the scenes, not in front of the camera. So there's loads of people helping out. But what they said, what the ETIM said, and I really enjoyed their input today. Actually, was why the cl- why why are the club not doing this? Why are the club uh, not in a situation where they have a long time ago uh, came to an arrangement or an agreement with Saint Mary's, whereby we don't get into this situation? Now I know the pandemic through a low bowler at everybody, Kev, right? So businesses, everybody's been affected by it. So when you are really relying uh, on your um, parishioners in terms of the financial security uh, of, uh, of, your, of your church and they don't leave the house for a year, it's obviously a completely different set of circumstances. So even if we just take it to the situation last year, Kev, should the club now then not be doing something about it?
3: You, you you would like to think that the fact is it's now been highlighted how how, how precarious the situation is that the club would step in and maybe make a donation eh, this year or the foundation would because the foundation is a charitable, charitable arm of, of the club. Mm. Um it's very it's very difficult to comment on the how the club view things, but as you say, St Mary's is the cornerstone of Celtic. Without having St Mary's, you're not going to have Celtic. And for them for them and how many things have Celtic used St Mary's for over the last year couple of years and that? And for them not to even have asked the question at that point at are he's okay. During the pandemic, yep. and some people were very, very critical with the club during the pandemic for not reaching out to the most vulnerable within their support and maybe not reaching out to the most vulnerable in their own community.
2: Go and do my favour, Kev. Go and pull that that one towards you, mate. Just visually and push that one out the way, just because it's, it's hiding that gorgeous face of yours, mate. So, we're going to just. Uh, we're going to just change. We can do that. We're, we're a wee bit more relaxed today. Are you, so you we can sure do
3: anybody that. wants to see my
2: face? You're cooping. Yes, right, they do. To so uh, pull that one a wee bit closer to you. There we go. Just pulling the there. cable out. That's fine. That's fine, mate. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, yeah, I think that, you know, there was a discussion had on Friday about, you know, the fact that Tommy Burns um, sent a message. He sent a message to the the wider Celtic support. And we may not have picked up on it. And he was reminding everybody of the importance of St Mary's to the, to the, the whole fabric of Celtic Football Club. Because, you know, sometimes people are putting a message across, Kevin, we just don't pick it up. And, you know, we, we weren't aware of the plight. We were aware of the significance of St Mary's. We didn't know that, obviously, it was in dire straits. Um, Stevie Chalmers was also, that the Mass was also at uh, St Mary's. Uh, When Stevie passed, it was a lot more low-key for Stevie, as was his wish, because that was the character that Stevie was. And as you quite rightly said, we had the 125th anniversary Mass there, and then every year since. But the Mass every year since, in fact, let's go back to the 125th anniversary Mass. That was not something that the club was pushing for. 100% 100% that was not. That would not have gone ahead had it not been for certain individuals who wouldn't thank me for naming them. But there's there's people within the Celtic support who do an incredible amount of work here, but they would never sit in that seat that you're sitting in and talk about it. And there are certain individuals who were instrumental in ensuring that that 125th anniversary mass went ahead who are not employed by Celtic Football Club. They're just lifelong Celtic fans. And at least one of them will be well known to a lot of Celtic fans and he just goes about his business doing good things and good deeds as does the, the other gentleman. and when they approach the club the club it wasn't even in their it wasn't even in their eye line Kev to be doing anything for the 125th anniversary of the birth of this club and then since then the annual mass has been something that's been more um, pushed by St Mary's than the club then we have Bertie Old again, like Tommy, reminding us of the importance of St Mary's to Celtic Football Club. And that's what brought it back to the forefront in my mind a few weeks, weeks ago. So these people are sending us messages. And I think it's important that we've now picked up on it because we sing, if you know the history.
3: Aye, it's what you're saying there about the 125th anniversary. I didn't have a clue about that. Uh, but then again, that should be something that the club shouldn't need to be told about. Mm-hmm. That should have been, sir, 125th year, we need to go and have a celebration in, in the chapel yep. that, that was in the parish of the priest where we were formed. And maybe that shows that the people in the club, there's some people in the club maybe making the wrong decisions or n- don't grasp the history of the club and they're maybe looking in the wrong places I mean, the Celtic Foundation do absolutely fantastic work. They really do. But I don't know who makes the choices of who gets the money and what they actually donate to. And, and it's very, very difficult to actually criticise the Celtic Foundation. But I find it quite easy to criticise the Celtic Board. Mm-hmm. And I will criticise the Celtic Board for someday in that boardroom not going, we've got a care and duty to our founding fathers and we need to make sure that's always upheld, no matter what decision we actually are making within this football club.
2: thing is, Kev, I know you're not just saying that for effect, because I was at that, <laughs> <I know what laughs> that I know. fan forum where you told Brian Wollstone to have a look out the window and say, have a look at Brother Wilfred, what would he do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did see
3: it. But that, that should be their consideration with every decision that they actually make.
2: Why not? For, for, that we, should be the standard.
3: We, 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 we like to think that they say the The tagline hashtag Celtic family and stuff like that on social media feeds and, and, and things like that no if you want to be a community Celtic is a large diaspora
1: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details
4: this week on the marketer's report Patrizio spagnoletto global chief marketing officer direct to consumer for warner brothers discovery weighs in on building trust
3: And it always will be in that East End. And even guys like myself and and, and you, Paul, who didn't come for that Celtic East End, who come from the the East End of Glasgow, understand the importance of that area to our football club. Mm -hmm. And the board have to understand that as well. And that should always be at the forefront of their minds. And hopefully now they can maybe do something with St Mary's to make sure that they never get into this situation again.
2: Yeah, so big bug of mine now, um, and uh is Saint Mary's and the upkeep of Saint Mary's. And all season I've been talking about the former players association and the fact that we need to look after our players as well. We need to look after the players once they stop playing. Um I'm gonna bring this up just obviously because it's all about a point of point of reference. The Hulk banger, Kev has never looked better. But I think he posted that when you had your mask on. Um he also says there's nothing in the whole wide world that makes you want to smell like watching Glasgow Celtic putting on the style. Don't know if he was trying to be a poet, but and if that was for your benefit, Kev, because as you were saying this morning, your book is just about upon us. You have the very first uh unbound draft of the book yes. uh in front of us. Shows a wee gives a wee shot of that again up at the camera. There it is. Seven years of Henrik. Um at some point. I think maybe just to close off the show today in the charity weekend, or Kev, I'm going to get you to read a poem. So, in your mind, you can figure out which one you're going to do. I love just throwing you uh, into situations, Thank Kev. You. It's not the first time Thank I've you. done that. Uh, just to let you know, uh, the other time was it was no big deal over at the Glasgow Royal Concert Hall, and I, uh, without any kind of warning, told you that you were reciting poetry in front of 1,500 people, which was fine. Now, 19,895 pound. That's astonishing. That's £105 off 20 grand. That's where we are just now. So, Kevin and I, we're very uh, relaxed. We're on the, the final hour of a 24 hour broadcast. Loads to talk about. We're going to jump in and out of today's game, of course. Um, I'm pretty sure Tony, myself, and Amy will chat all about that tomorrow as well on the Axon Bulletin. Um, right, right. S- sorry. Stop
3: the now. Okay. We'll probably
2: £105. We're
3: we £105 pounds away from the twenty grand.
2: I'll just double-check. We were there a minute ago. Yes, we still are.
3: Right. Martin McGarvey, who has illustrated the book, has says to give his fee to charity, I'll give the £105 pounds to give you up to the twenty grand.
2: Kevin, you're an absolute gentleman. And Martin McGarvey, who's art worker, dons that book, um, also done a phenomenal series of paintings that were exhibited at the penalty spot, two of which are in our auction as well. Uh, Both fantastic, but there is one that I might have to throw a wee bit in myself for, and it's a Danny McGrain in his pomp, Kev, uh, signed by Danny, signed by the artist, original painting on a beautiful canvas. That's a phenomenal gesture. So we have now, and I've written it down, and it's on camera, so it needs to be, there you go, 105. We have just smashed through 20K. Unbelievable. I mean, it's serious, serious, game-changing, life-changing amounts of cash, Kevin. Mm -hmm. Um, Last season, there was the whole pandemic scenario that we were in the midst of. We were going for a quadruple treble. It was a moment in time, but we were given to four different charities who eventually all got in and around the £7,000 mark. And we proudly um, have the, the four frames in the studio because it's something to be really proud of. This time round, although we've not quite met the twenty seven K, we've just hit twenty thousand pounds here, Kev, but it's all going to St. Mary's. Every penny. Every single penny. I mean, there's a sm- there's a small amount that GoFundMe, I think, take off when you do the transfer. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a small percentage. Every single penny is gonna go to St. Mary's. So that's an astonishing um gesture from yourself, Kevin. Thank you so much for that, mate. Now, Tommy Roderick, uh last word on the matter you were looking at that performance today and asking yourself, is it the best of the season? And a few people out the front of the, the studio were saying that's the best we've, we've seen Celtic playing since the first half at Easter Road. Well, what's the common denominator there? It's
3: Big Damn.
2: Big Dam, And then, of, of course, he gets injured in that game and we managed the second half out, don't we? At 3-0. Um, we look as though we're, we're going to be winning four or five at Easter Road that day. Now, that's that's Tommy Roderick. The final question I would ask then... Um, I think that Ange Postecoglou, we Colin Watt and I had a, a conversation on a weekend bulletin months ago, and we spoke about the fact that when a manager comes in, historically they often revitalise certain players. Mm-hmm. So you can look at Ronnie Dyla doing that. You can look at uh, um, Brendan Rodgers. Almost forgot his name. Brendan Rodgers th- did that, um, and I'm not forgetting Neil Lennon. Uh, you know, I'm not airbrushing Neil Lennon out of the history books after everything that he's done for the club, um, Kevin. So they are able to tap in. I mean, you've just got to look at Neil Lennon's impact on James Forrest when he f- first came into the side. You know, James Forrest played two games under Mowbray, didn't he? It, Mowbray uh, gave him his yes. debut. Yeah. But it was under Lennon that he started coming to the fore as a young player, 17, 18 years of age. So, yeah, absolutely. And when you look at the the players that we thought, is he going to revitalise this one or that one? The obvious one was Tom Rogic because he had worked with them international level um, I would suggest and tell me if you think there's any more that he has revitalised Tom Roddick near Beaton, and when he's playing midfield and, and, and Tony Ralston but I would also argue that he's revitalised Joe Hart yes. not as a Celtic player but as a footballer uh, I think that's the four players which of the four has made the biggest impact? Joe Hart of of those four that I've mentioned.
3: Of those four, yes, I think Hart shows what we were missing last season. I think Joe Hart brings. Ralston's been fantastic. Yeah.
2: Beon's Beat, done a job. Ralston's been Ralston's been a bonus. You uh, never, you know, you've got
3: a player you didn't think you had. Um, but I think Joe Hart has brought leadership, experience, into our dressing room, which is in a, was was in a state of flux. You've got to remember, and and it's something that Posta Coglu talks about quite often, that he had 12 new players walk into that dressing room and how many left? 14. 14 14 left. Joe Hart walked into a problem position. A position where we were where there is a a lack of talent, or a lack of talent with confidence. Mm-hmm. Anyway, a lack of confidence in the goalkeepers. And he's completely revitalised himself and revitalised that role within Celtic. And even today, he put a couple of great passes today, even though he ended up on his bum when, uh, with a couple of them. Um, I, I would say Joe Hart, Joe Hart, for me, has probably been the biggest bonus this season. Um, for Did the sun
2: just get in his eyes at that moment earlier on?
3: I think so. I mean, it's coming over the George Fox eyes, so it pro- probably would have done. Um, I think um, Postacoglu has possibly also re- revitalised the uh, Cavern Carter-Vickers as a player because how many loan spells has he had? Uh, seven or eight. Seven or eight. Yeah. Now he's getting a massive run of games. Mm. He's shown he, sh- he has shown his ability. And he's shown his ability so much that Tottenham taught, taught are getting a bit wide. And
2: with the prices. <laughs> with
3: the prices. So there's a lot of guys there that Poster Coglu can take credit for, revitalising. What I really love about it though is you can actually see what the, the areas that we can get better and you actually believe that we can actually bridge that gap and get better. Whether that Whether that's with the players that are there or players that he's going to bring in. Mm. And that's something that when we were doing this charity weekend of last season, we couldn't say. No,
2: talking about bringing players in again. That was a discussion at the front earlier on, not only between Tommy and Frank, but um, our other guest, Stevie Mullen. It was fantastic to see Stevie again in the studio, um, and uh, Shuggy Farrell, who is a Saint Rocks legend. And we were talking about the fact that. The three players that um, a lot of the reports are saying, Kevin, not just, I'm not talking the British media, we're always late to the party. These reports are coming from the Japanese press talking about three players coming to Celtic um, in January. And it looks as though a couple of things, we're getting our business done early, which we've been critical of in the past, and the players that are coming in are undoubtedly Angie's players.
3: Definitely. Um it was good after the game today. I know that he's probably hardly seen Poster Coglu's interviews after the game today, but he was quite not curt, but he was he was quite tongue in cheek with the links to the J League. Mm. And he says that he, or he says it looks like I've been linked with half the J League. He says, You know the you, you do know there's also a Korean league? that you can link maybe players from. from. So I don't really know. He kept these cards close to his chest. But it does look like that Rio Atati is done. It does also look like, if you believe the Japanese press, that uh, Maeda is going to come on loan initially, Mm. uh, initially with an option to buy in the summer. Uh, I'm not 100% sure who the third one is. I think he was a midfielder who was at Leeds, um, if I remember correctly. Uh, so it looks like they are going to be Poster players. It's, is it a bit worried that they're coming from the same league, and there's going to be a, a bet? there's going to be a bedding in period. We Kyogo's here, right enough, so it might be easier for them. But they're coming from a completely different culture, completely different style of league, uh, style of football to Scotland in January. So it will be interesting to see if those three moves do come off, but it looks like two of them are definitely done. Mm. So I still believe that me and Colin had a debate on Wednesday, but I still believe that uh, a is coming in as a midfielder. I do believe he's coming in as a midfielder, and is going to give us that sort of pacey option wide as well. Mm. Maybe through the middle, get another, another Kyogo, and, um, Yaka just seems to be constantly injured now. it I, I doesn't seem to be featuring much. It's never going to happen. man. It, it it's not. Eh? I mean, people were talking about left-backs. I think today maybe proved that we've got options at left-back. Maybe not long-term options, but we've got options at left-back. And if Ange has only got a limited budget in January, I think midfield and forwards are the areas that we're going to see? If he's going to bring in three players, mm. I can't see much more coming in. Bar those free,
2: yeah. And um, we spoke about that as well earlier on because Colin was audacious enough to say that we're going to we're going to need six. Um, people kind of scoffed at that. I think Colin's right. I think the scoffing oh, right. was nobody expects us to do that, um, especially if we offload a few. Because I, I've already said that for me. I would get rid of four. I'd get rid of Bolognoli, Soro, Ayeti and Barkas. Four guys who are part of the first team squad, albeit Bolognoli is not part of the European squad or Europa League squad. Um, But they're the four players that, you know, they're just not contributing, Kev, so move them on.
3: No, they're not. And when you look at that bench today, uh, the bench was, for some it says there's not a lot of options on that bench. Hmm. There is, there's five options, but there's mere questions about their options and answers. And even when we bring in players, new players everybody thinks are brand new, shiny, and they're, they're going to be better than the, the ones that they replace. Mm-hmm. But if we bring in those three players from the J-League, there's still massive questions over them because we don't know how they're going to fare. No. And so you look at today, everybody wondered what scales would do. Now you've got in the back of your mind, go, he may do a job. Yep, uh, Abadda came on, I thought Abadda done okay today. Um, but you can actually see there's potential in him as well. He's 20-year-old. He showed well at the start of the season. That's the problem at the moment. We've got a lot of questions in the squad and not many answers. And sometimes people mix that up with having a lack of depth.
2: Yeah, yeah, they do. And uh, I think also, you know, we've spoken long and hard about the Betis game and how we need to give uh, a lot of the fringe players game time and we need to get them testy the minute you give them a run out and every other cliche in the book. Um, But just a reminder to everybody who's tuning in, we have smashed through the £20,000 mark. It's uh, an absolute game-changing amount uh, for St Mary's. I'll be contacting, probably not tonight because it'll be too late, but I'll be contacting them in the morning to give them an update. Um, And we did have a message coming through. Let's see if I can find it. From Welcome to the show, Stephen. You're on YouTube. Anybody on YouTube, get yourself subscribed on there. Uh, Click the notifications bell. I was telling Kevin about some of the big plans for a Celtic state of mind and a state of mind over the next 12 months. And basically, you don't want to miss it. There's going to be an incredible amount of content free on the channel. So get yourself subscribed on there um, and you will get exclusive content from a Celtic state of mind now. Paul Joseph. Cregan, and I need to bring it up, Paul, because my eyesight is so bad that I can't read it until it's on the screen. A little off topic, but do you have a date of release for the Axon tracksuit tops that are displayed behind you, PJ? Well, they came in on Friday, Paul, and um, otherwise it would have been on the website. But because of the, the, the weekend, that will be tomorrow before we get up, up on the website. Um, we're going to be selling these for 40 quid. Uh, we've got the white ones and the green ones as well. And we've had a lot of interest in them, so if anybody does buy them, we'll make sure that they're out immediately for Christmas. You know, it would always be nice just to get the old Christmas present, the last-minute ones. John Boyce, 67. Graham, well done, Axel. Thank you very much for that, but well done, everybody. Well done, every single Celtic podcast who has got involved. And uh, a few times, it was Tony Haggerty that was saying a couple of times over the weekend, uh, I, you talk about Pod Wars. That, that That's that's not what it's about Kev, no, you know, definitely podcast not. wars really, um, we had over this weekend 15 different podcasts coming together, so let's run through um, in no particular order everybody who was involved over the weekend, uh, uh, thank you to Tony Curran who gave us the time, did you get a chance to watch the interview Kev?
3: I did, he was brilliant He's a top man He is a top man, the friend of Declan McCombo
2: Yeah, friend of Declan uh, Celtic Down Under, love that show I'll tell you what I love about it is they're ahead of the curve when it comes to the um, what's happening in Japan. So they know yeah. a hell of a lot more than our mainstream media in terms of the players.
3: De- definitely, eh? and, and these guys must be loving the fact that we've got Ange Coggle as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a big interest in the J-League now, and we've actually seen a big in- interest in, on Axum, the amount, the amount of contributors court- that, that, that we get now from Australia. Yeah. So uh, I'm sure they're all in bed at this precise moment in time. Um, I noticed Kookaburra who comments quite a lot um, he was saying it was 11 o'clock when he was watching the game um, earlier on today so aye
1: good, good luck to the lads
2: absolutely um, we also had the Patriot game
1: mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with Cox Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details.
4: As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Not
2: only a phenomenal tune, but also a very, very good podcast. And they were on um, as well. 67 Hill Hill Really enjoyed that. John and Hamish joined us. Um, Celtic Supporters Podcast, Dell will be coming back on because there was a couple of rescheduling scheduling issues, you know, mainly Tommy and Frank going on a wee bit later and then it, it running on a wee bit later and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's fine because, you know, we were a wee bit more relaxed, Kevin. It didn't it didn't actually affect the fundraising endeavours. So Celtic Shared came on. I thought Brian Degnan done a brilliant job of hosting Axon for the first time. But the 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 question remains about Bernard Higgins. I mean, it's great to, to have, you know, discussions about how great we are on the park, but you know, these questions still remain. We, we, we've been talking about St Mary's and how the club have to do more, I don't mind saying it. Um, but, you know, I, I still, in the back of my mind, I'm expecting a, an announcement from the club not to say that this is a position we're looking to fill and this individual is not going to get the job. I think it'll be the opposite.
3: I really don't know. I can't read what the board are going to do with us. Um, I have said that they'll have a silence and before you know it, either Higgins will be appointed or somebody else will be appointed very, very quietly. Um, I thought the guys from Celtic shared, uh, spell out what they were doing perfectly and gave everybody a great insight of how it is, how supporters' organisations work, mm-hmm. how the North Curve, curve works, mm-hmm. how the Green Brigade works. Um, yes, I, I'm, I'm a bit loath to talk about Bernard Higgins on a night where we've done so much good yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm a bit loath to to give them any airtime whatsoever. Uh, I noticed the banners were behind the goals again today, and the banners will keep on being there until the club do the right thing.
2: That's fine. You know what? I, I can I can buy that absolutely. Uh Thanks, everybody, Gary, Byron, guys. It's been brilliant. It's been brilliant from this end as well. You've got to remember. I mean, last year, Kev, it was a different vibe because. You know, we went into it not really know. We, we knew the technology, we just didn't really know how it was going to run. This time's been a wee bit different. I felt very organised this time round, whereby you know we also have worked with all just about all these podcasts before. We know what to expect, and it's been very a very good atmosphere in, in the studio as well. Um, and thanks for everybody for getting involved. Stephen also comes in, Stephen Kotar, to say well done to the Celtic women. Yes, yes we were hi. we were represented at the game. Um, despite the fact that we were we were doing the, the charity weekend, Natasha Miko went to the game uh, to report it for a Celtic State of Mind, and she was able to secure quite a few interviews after it, which we'll be putting up on the YouTube channel tomorrow, Kev. So, congratulations um, for the women's team winning the 2021 SWPL Cup. Fantastic! Well, well done. Well,
3: well, well done, Ifran. Absolutely, yeah, he's a
2: he's a fan's favourite, isn't he? He's another one
3: that's bought in, eh?
2: he has, he has, and um, you know, he's he's such a likeable guy, he's charismatic, but he's obviously very good at what he does as well. Uh, we'll run through all the other um contributors Selick the Thunder thought they were brilliant, mate.
3: Yes, I, I know Ryan McGinley, I know Ryan McGinley's uncle. Right. Uh, and I've met Ryan Ryan McGinley quite a few times at one of the contributors to that podcast. Uh, so it was interesting to see them actually doing the podcast. Ah, that was great.
2: That was good. great. It was good. And um, I think they enjoyed the cakes. Scott, Tommy, and Frank was brilliant. Yeah, they were absolutely superb. The pair of them, uh, Endless Elps, they opened up. Yes, you can. They've become friends of the pod over the last year, so they were brilliant. Um, and we also introduced our to some of the other content we make on the channel. Every single Saturday night, we put out an Unplugged session. The Unplugged session, Kevin, um, we mainly have emerging acts, but we also ask on established acts so that every so often the channel or the show, rather, gets a wee boost in terms of the the audience. And then maybe the audience will uh, subscribe and then look at some of the other sessions, because some of the sessions are tremendous. You look at some of the bands and what they've done, um, I think we got quite a few of them just at the right time Brooke Combe, for example oh,
3: Brooke Combe's going to be massive Got
2: her at the right time right. Uh, And a Celtic fan she is too um, The Raz, thought the Raz were brilliant Yes they were, they were really good as well They're Hibs fans I, I don't know why I'm telling you who everybody supports But I do ask them when they come in uh, I thought the usual affairs were very good Very good, they've yes. done a very good um, version of That's Entertainment by The Jam Yes. As well, and, um, you know, I've enjoyed most of them, but, you know, Rihanna Downey, she was great.
3: She, she's getting a lot of airplay on Six Music now, She's eh? done a,
2: a collaboration Is with Kyle Faulkner. Has she? Yes. Yeah, a Christmas single.
3: Is that Caledonia? Is that... Is it? I, I, saw I know she tweet... does
2: a version of that as I, well, I, I saw her
3: the other day that Caledonia was going to be out eh, soon, so I, I'm not 100% sure, but I another... Emerging talent On the Scottish music scene
2: Yes and the British music scene And uh, She's also got good taste In football teams As well um, And who else So Yeah Jennifer Ewan So Jennifer Ewan The story around that one Kev Was that um, I'm just name dropping uh, At the moment But we interviewed James Allen And I asked him To recommend me somebody Up and coming Emerging And he recommended me The Jennifer Ewan band Who he had heard on the radio So as we do, we sort her out. We asked Jennifer on. She came on, um, along with Kim, who is Jennifer's accordion and flute player. So have a wee look at that uh, 47-minute session. Um, We went down to Manchester the other week as well, Kevin.
3: Yes, we did. Gaz
2: Whelan, happy Mondays. Yes. We have Jamie Pollock. We've got Dancing on Tables, Mesmerine, um, Kutche Cash, The cartoons, Vistas, Sasha Kalahiras, PG Kiarleta, another Celtic fan, Maya Herlihy, Brian Cattigan, Dictator, Primes, Scott McGill, Rab, she was brilliant, Mm -hmm. she was excellent, Robin, Ace City Racers, Berta Kennedy, Megan Black, uh, Fraser McLean, Mark Sharpe and the Bicycle Thieves, uh, Joshua Grant, and of course, Edgar Summertime Jones, so yeah, go and have a wee look at that, we put out a new band every single Saturday night, Kev, and we're going to keep doing that all the way through 2022 as well.
3: Definitely, all these artists need need pushed. The music the music business has been on its knees in the last eighteen months because of the pandemic. Now gigs are getting back. Um, the, these artists make their money from from in that. So if we can give them a wee push up the ladder, uh, then fantastic. It's great seeing them in here, and every one of them seems to enjoy it, and they all give us something different. Every one of them sound different, and hopefully, some of them have really, really good good careers. Brooke Combs, a stick on a to, to have a star career. No, a incredible. Stick
2: on. I can see Brooke Combs on the Jules Holland show with we, Paul Weller. Yes. I could see it happening. Uh, dictator gave us a band t-shirt as well. Thank you very much. If any of the other ones want to give us a band t-shirt, we will be only too happy to accept. The unrestricted view were the uh, headlining act for the Saturday night. They closed the Saturday night stage, Kev. And uh, again, it was great to introduce ourselves to them. Uh, Soccer Supernova made an appearance with Jerry McCabe. Wee who has been in football since 1975. This year was the first time he hasn't had a pre-season uh also a Celtic fan. And um because it's a Celtic state of mind, Kev. Come on. Uh also, by the way, we we accept any guests for Soccer Supernova and the Unplugged Show. It doesn't no matter what football team you support. De- we then covered the game, done the Dundee United game, which we've spoken about. We uh, then had Tommy and Frank on, uh, followed by the Huddle Breakdown, Alan Morrison. You he has changed your view of football, Kev. He
3: has, definitely. He, he, I mean, when we when when we started on when we were just an audio podcast, which seems very very long time ago, I had <laughs> I used to interview him and he used to change my perception of games uh, like mm-hmm. all the time. And I I do actually message Alan every now and again. And the last time I done it was after Leverkusen away, and I went was did James McCarthy actually play in front of Callum McGregor when he came on? And Dallin gave me a big message saying, no, they were both sitting deep, blah, blah, blah. And they were both in strange positions. And, and I went, that makes me understand the game far, far better. Because I just watch it and go, that was a great goal by Tommy Roger. You're an observer. I, I just observe it. And Alan's I mean, an analyst. I mean, I mean uh, there's a great quote by a Brazilian playwright called Nicolas Rodriguez. And he says, the biggest blindness in football is just watching the ball. So... Okay, that's,
2: that's fair enough. I get that. Tino of the Celtic Exchange and the boys came into the studio, uh, and it was great to have them in the studio. E Tims, or Electronic Tims, to give them their Sunday name. Uh, they were brilliant. Thank you very much for doing us for the second time in a row. And uh, Glasgow is Green again, second time in a row, they came in uh, to make it two in a row. And then four Tims in a pod, they also came in. They Christmas jumper. And they, I was disappointed the lack of a Christmas jersey, mate. It was one of the high points of last year. And then, of course, it was us. It was, it was, was massive, us after that.
3: It was a massive discussion point last year, Paul.
2: Yes, it was. And um what I want you to do, Kev, have you decided which poem you're going to recite?
3: Aye, aye, aye. I need to get my glasses on because I wouldn't be able to read it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to play one of the videos then, right? I because we're running of out of videos. time, but I'm going to play one of them. Uh, and the reason I'm going to play this particular video is because... The person who sent this video also sent us an item last year, but he sent us two and we're using the second one this year. How bad's my eyesight? I can barely see what I'm doing here. Um so I'm gonna uh, play that and it will show you one of the um, one of the items that we're gonna auction off this week as well, just while you decide on the poem that you're gonna you're gonna use there. Here we go. I'm gonna play this video first, mate. <laughs> Hello, this is just a quick message from Johnny Owen. Uh, I'm the filmmaker that did The Three Kings, and I just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Good luck to the Celtic State of Mind Quadruple Trebled Fundraiser, and I'm offering one of these, which is going to be a signed poster of the film, and that's been held up by none other than Vicky McClure. Hey, yeah. So, uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. How cool was that, that uh, Vicky McClure made a wee cameo as well. Yeah, we're going to be uh, auctioning off that poster and loads of other things. We had it framed, though, so it's a a cracking item and hopefully we'll uh, we'll raise a few more thousand pounds. Um, Just before your poem is recited, Kev, a wee update is obviously we have burst through the 20 grand mark. It's an incredible achievement for everybody. Thank you so much for supporting us. Kev? Give us your poem. Do your best. Do your worst. Okay. 21st
3: of November, 1998, Celtic 5, Rangers 1, Scottish Premier League, Celtic Park. The sweetest thing. Your sunshine is the sweetest thing. This was the sweetest thing. The starting gun step over was the sweetest thing. The gates of paradise opened. They couldn't hold us any longer. The arrogance of wealth The Flash Boys, throwing money around like confetti, hiding frailty within smoke and mirrors and a narcissistic smile. We counted pennies, jealous of showmanship, not realising that copper would be worth more than gold, that blank cheques bounce higher than cash. And we were a green-eyed monster, falling in love with a brown-eyed boy, and it would be the sweetest thing. As long as the compass points north, he will know where the ball will be. A would-be brave heart grabbing at the air, trying to swat flies, attempting a shove to affect your balance, to befoul your assurance is ignored with ease. And you post a love letter with the sweetest of smells, delivering us not a blind kind of love, but the love like a newborn's eyes. Swimming with the limitless possibilities of life. It's the sweetest thing.
2: Beautiful. That is from Kevin's forthcoming collection of poems. What's it called, Kev?
3: Seven Years of
2: Henrik. Seven Years of Henrik, that will be available on axom.net. We will be promoting that book. We'll be taking Kevin on the roads for a series of gigs in 2022 as well. And also on axom.net next week, you'll be able to buy that tracksuit that Kevin is wearing, as well as the white alternative version that is just over my shoulder. Kevin, that was an incredible weekend. Was £20,000 brilliant. plus raised for St Mary's, the birthplace of Celtic. You make a massive difference. Every single one of you that tune in, you make a huge difference to what we do, what the club does. Um, you form opinions based on your comments that come in. I, I, I mean, I give credit to the, the commenters in terms of Ralph Ranick, Kev. We were doing it straight for Paddock. They didn't know who Ralph Ranick was three weeks ago. Am I right? Yes. That's a Man United channel that's got 700,000 subscribers. Um, but Celtic fans were telling us about Ralph Ranick best part of a year ago. So, that shows you the quality that's in the comments section. And as long as you keep tuning in, we will always be broadcasting a Celtic state of mind. Thank you to every single one of you. Um, what I can say is a member, last word, last thing to consider, a member of the Celtic family from the East Coast, Kev, a businessman, threw 10 grand in the pot. 10 grand in the pot yesterday. And I'm just wondering if anybody threw... Um, Glasgow wants to uh, match that there's a lot of big deep pockets over there, it would be nice if one of the businessmen matched that incredible donation that we got yesterday um, and pushes us even further um, above the 10 grand target that we had, we've doubled that we're going to do the auction tomorrow Kev, it's been fantastic and I can't thank you enough and everybody who's been involved in a Celtic state of mind
3: Thank you Thank you